Hello, happy people. Welcome to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Profitable Happiness Podcast. And I am so excited to once again be speaking with Meredith Bell, my good friend and sometimes mentor, but the total expert, as far as I'm concerned, in the world of leadership communication, and just building great people and teams and organizations. Meredith, how are you doing today? I am excellent and even higher now, Dr. Pillay, with your great energy. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. There you go. It's wonderful to be with you again. I'm excited about our conversation. Same here. And, you know, Meredith, you hit me on the head and I almost passed out when you told me the kind of goal that you have set for yourself and for your organization. I just find it so admirable, so powerful. You want to sell a million books. But before we get to that, let's talk about the problem that the books you've written and your company has written, the problem it's solving. What are the core challenges that we're dealing with here? Well, in organizations, the key thing that comes up consistently when the surveys are done, you know, what are the key problems we need to address in the organization? Some form of miscommunication, communication issues always emerges at the top. And the, the impact on organizations financially is huge. When you look at turnover, because people leave when their bosses don't communicate well or create an environment that doesn't facilitate good communication, or mistakes being made where people aren't listening well and they do the wrong thing, they make mistakes, they don't treat other people properly. You know, the cascade effect of this lack of effective communication is huge. And so we just decided it is time to change that once and for all by helping people learn what does it really mean to communicate well? And what does that look like? The other problem, Dr. Pillay, is that our schools don't do a good job Mm. of helping people learn these really critical interpersonal skills. And a lot of homes, the parents are doing the best they can, but they didn't grow up in an environment where people knew how to address differences of opinion and conflict. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a very widespread issue, both in homes and in workplaces. And so we want to address that issue in both places. Wow. What just an amazing, noble goal, you know, and and I say this because, (laughs) boy, are there problems in organizations, but you're boiling it down to a very common denominator, aren't you? You're, yes. You're, you're, you're putting a stake in the ground and you're saying, gosh darn it, if you guys can fix this communication problem, it's a cascade of, of, of benefits and, and things from there. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. That's right. Wow. wow. That's the core. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the core. Now, you know, talking about sort of the core, um, I, I've known you uh, for years as an expert in the, you know, 360 uh, feedback and leadership development tools online and just different capabilities that help leaders and teams do better, right? How did you transition or add to to your work this core focus on on communication? What brought you here, Meredith? Oh, thanks. Well, we've been in the software business now for 27 years. And so our tools 
are great for assessing where people are. And we have this online development tool, as you mentioned, that helps with people growing. And But the thing is, organizations don't typically invest in everyone when purchasing tools like that. And so they've been used more often in most organizations by leadership level folks. Mm -hmm. We chose to write these books because Denny, one of my business partners of 30 years and I, this is what we've done for the last 35 or more years. It's helping to teach people when we were consultants And now through our products, helping to improve communication skills. But we thought, you know what? We need to condense what we know into book form so that it's available to an even broader audience. Mm. And so that's what brought us to add the books. We still, you know, have our products that help people get assessed and develop. But these uh, new books add another dimension. They can be used with the products or standalone for people to learn what those communication skills are and their practical guides with how to step-by-step instructions. What does it look like to do this well? Mm-hmm. You know, Meredith, I remember um, a couple of years uh, ago in Hawaii, um, I remember walking down from our hotel to maybe a, a webinar or a seminar place with you. And I just, I was, I was learning from you. Remember I called you a sometimes mentor of mine. And, and what you were doing then was you were sharing your story, how you went through different stages of your life to arrive at th- these conclusions that you have now. Can you take us back? Is there anything in your past that has really informed this focus on communication as the core? Well, yes, it's a cumulative effect. You know, <laughs> I started yeah. out as a teacher Mm -hmm. Um, and then got my master's and worked in a school board office setting and realized, gosh, I don't do uh, politics or bureaucracy very well. Me Uh, neither. (laughs) But but I love teaching the teachers. I loved helping them with communicating better with their students, with each other. And so when I left that world and jumped out on my own to start my own business, all I knew was, I I had zero business experience, Dr. Pillay. So anyone listening to this that is thinking of starting a business, you can do it. Because there was no internet whack when I started. (laughs) All, you know, investing in books, studying, learning, and figuring it out. But all along the way, one of the things that I was passionate about was helping people learn how to play nicely together. Mm. Because that's where I kept seeing conflict situations or difficult situations in the workplace. So I started doing training programs to help with that. And then I was a solo consultant. I met Denny Coates in 1990. We started collaborating on some of these same kind of projects, working to help develop the leaders, help develop Mm -hmm. teams. And so we conducted programs and we developed our software as a way to reach more people So we stopped doing the consulting ourselves and worked with both external consultants and trainers and internal human resource learning and development professionals. And so that's what we've been doing for the last 27 years. And so these books are like the next phase of getting the word out there on how to do this well. 
you know, before we jump into the books, because I'm excited to hear some details about that. And I, I, I think it's important that we step back into the mindset of the, the target audience um, for your work and for these books in particular. Give us a sense of who these people are who are going to just connect with this, the problems, the challenges they deal with in their lives today. And then let's talk about how the book steps in to help out. Right. Well, in the workplace, honestly, every single person can benefit from learning how to do these interpersonal skills more effectively. But leaders need to model it. And Mm. so all levels of leadership really, um, to me, would want to embrace how can I be more effective at inspiring people to give their best at work? Mm. Because that's what we're talking about. You don't, you know, uh, the carrot and stick, the stick doesn't work very well uh, for people over the long term. You might get short-term compliance, but there's going to be a lot of resentment, a lack of trust, all the negative things that prevent people from performing at their best. And so when you know how to speak to others, for instance, notice when they are doing things well and comment on it as opposed to, well, that's what they're getting paid for. They ought to just do that job. You know, it's, it's, it's approaching the minds and hearts of leaders, not just a a step-by-step strategy on what you should do. It's so it, it's important that the people who would benefit the most from any personal growth opportunities is they have to have the mindset of a learner Mm -hmm. and open to learning new ways, new approaches to doing specific skills. That's Mm -hmm. a, that's a core element. Our materials, no matter whether it's our programs or our books aren't for people that say, no, thanks. I, you know, I have, there's one way of doing it and it's my way. And if they don't like it, they can leave. That's, that's not our ideal reader. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I hear you. You know, first of all, let's, let's talk about these books that you've written. Give us the titles. And if you don't mind, could you give us an overview of kind of the big takeaway around communication? Maybe we start with the top big communication skill that people need to sort of grab a hold of. Oh, Sure. Well, the big picture is that when you feel that you have the capability and the confidence to approach others, especially in situations that in the past may have been awkward for you, when you have that new confidence and capability, you're more direct, you're more honest, and the interchange goes better. So you save time. It's, uh, it's an, it saves energy. Because you're not uptight about, oh, how do I approach this person? You know, and, and you're all these negative things that you've experienced in the past. So the overall is you've got more confidence in mm. your ability to connect with someone else and not feel fear or other negative emotions. Mm. And um, the core skill we talk about is, you know, listening. That's the foundational skill. The books themselves, the first one was Connect With Your Team, and this is the one Denny and I wrote together Mm -hmm. on the top 10 communication skills. Mm -hmm. And then um, he wrote a companion book to that called Peer Coaching Made Simple, Mm -hmm. because we know that for someone to change a habit, change a behavior or a skill, especially one that you've already acquired your way of doing it, 
It's hardwired in the brain. You need support and encouragement and accountability as you're trying to make that change. So that's why we wrote those two books together. And then Denny wrote, Denny wrote a book for parents called Connect With Your Kid that covers those same 10 skills and a book for parents to coach each other called Parents Coaching Parents. We'll make sure to make uh, leave some connections and links to those books uh, so that people can go check them out. You know, Great. Meredith, you, you, you have some amazing credentials. You have people who have reviewed your work, such as Ken Blanchard and Marshall Goldsmith. I mean, in this world of learning and development, you don't get much higher than that. Um, tell us a little bit more about something you just said regarding listening, which when you think about communication, you think talking. <laughs> <laughs> but here you've highlighted the most important skill as listening. Can you explain that for us a little bit? Sure. Well, first of all, let's let's talk about what listening is, because a lot of people think of it as, well, that person's talking now, so I'll be quiet. And then when they stop talking, I'll start talking. And you may or may not really be listening to what they're saying. Yeah. And, and so... To me, the skill of listening is greater than just physically hearing the word someone is saying. You're really trying to get where they're coming from, especially if they're talking about something that's important to you. You know, the trivial, I say trivial, but, you know, less important things like the weather or sports. That's one level of listening. But when you're really listening to engage with someone and get their message so that you can respond appropriately, that takes effort. And it takes a real um, development of that. Because today, you know, Dr. Pillay, all of us are challenged with how to focus and Mm. stay with, even if it's, you know, whether it's watching something on TV or, or, you know, being on a webinar it's so easy to get distracted by text messaging or emails or social media. And so to give your full attention to someone else requires focus, effort. And the, the benefit of that is that you understand what that person is really saying and they feel understood and it deepens the connection you have with them. The important thing is not just to feel like listening is sitting passively and saying nothing. It actually can be very interactive because you want to clarify along the way, am I getting this right? It sounds like you're saying this, do I have that right? Mm -hmm. So you're checking in with the person on a regular basis. So to make sure you're tracking, it's not like they're just giving you a speech (laughs) and and you're just sitting back and no, no, you're engaged. And you can ask questions that can clarify and also cause them to go a little bit deeper. Tell me more about that. What exactly do you mean when you say X? Yeah. And that's very important. You know, I'm reminded of um, a story I once heard about a guy who goes to a bar and he gets to the bar and he meets this other guy. And the guy asks him his name. He says it. Asks him how he's doing. He tells him asks him how things are going, and he sits there and talks and talks, and the other guy just listens. And he listens, an hour goes by, two hours, three hours, and at the end of four hours, the guy says, okay, I got to go now. And he goes, wait a second, you're the best person I've ever spoken to in my life. Like, you, you're the best communicator in the world. And all he did was listen. <laughs> and sometimes, just as you said, that empathy, that collecting and 
clarifying is everything. And people just don't even put that in the category of communication. Mm -hmm. So thank you for highlighting that. Tell us more. What are some other things that, that people can use, such as feedback and, and methods of coaching, to get us to do these things better? You know, even some of the things we take for granted, like listening. Mm -hmm. Well, listening, like I said, is so foundational. Let's take this idea of, get, of receiving feedback from others. We have a chapter called Receiving Feedback Graciously. And, you know, people sometimes, graciously, what do you mean? <laughs> it means that you have a different attitude when someone says, hey, I need to talk to you about something that happened the other day. Because what normally happens, we get a knot in our stomach going, oh, gee, what did I do now? Or, you know, what's coming? So there's this negative association with it. If we can switch that and have the attitude of, oh, I'm about to get a gift. Because mm. we all have blind spots about how we are, how we come across, things we say and do. We don't mean to, you know, we're not mean-spirited people, yeah. but we are thoughtless sometimes. We're not aware of where somebody may be coming from. And so if they have mustered up the courage to come to us and speak to us, then we need to have a, a spirit of welcoming mm -hmm. that and make it um, inviting for them, which I know probably sounds, you know, really strange to some folks. You want me to invite negative or constructive <laughs> feedback? Yes, I do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> because if we think of it as a gift, then, we're, then when we, we, we move away from that idea that it's negative. No, this is information I need. So that in my own growth, I can avoid making this mistake again. And so to when someone says they need to speak to you about something or they just jump in, you say, great, thank you. Thank them right away for coming to you and telling you that. And then listening comes in because you want to pay attention to you know, their body language, their facial expressions, their tone of voice, all of that can contribute to the full message, not just the words they're saying, because most people haven't been trained in how to give feedback. So they kind of, I don't want to say bumble along, but they can feel awkward. And so they may not give it to you in a nice orderly sequence that makes it easy to track. So you may have to ask some questions to clarify what they meant by certain something and get them to get specific with you. So you really understand what it is that they're giving you feedback about. And then also, how do you respond? So if it's appropriate, even apologize. You know, mm. people are so afraid to do that because they think it's going to make them look weak or look bad. But honestly, the respect goes up when you're willing to acknowledge you're not perfect to someone else. And just to say, I'm so sorry, I did not realize that, that, that it, what I did had that impact on you. Mm -hmm. And so if it's appropriate, you can say, what can I do to make this right? Yeah. You know, I apologize. Is there anything else that I need to do for us to be okay again? Yeah. That again is huge because most people don't do that. So the idea that you're asking, the other person may not even know at that moment, but if they do, listen carefully and then make a commitment. You know, now that I know this, I am going to work harder on not doing such and such. And please point out to me in the future if you see me doing that, because my intention is to stop 
or to start, depending on what it is that they brought up to you so that you can become more aware and then follow up later with that person and say, hey, I've been working on this. Have you noticed any differences? And if they say no, (laughs) that tells you something. So it's a process, but the overall spirit of it is to be welcoming and inviting and not defensive or justifying or arguing back. Yeah. You know, in today's world, and and I don't mean to, to be political, but you can't turn on the news without seeing examples of people who don't know how to communicate, don't know how to listen to each other, certainly don't know how to receive and give feedback that helps people. But let's talk a little bit about some of your strategies in the book for doing things like peer coaching, which is, you know, sometimes you think of the coach as almost a superior being, but you propose that peer coaching can be even more powerful sometimes. Tell us some of your strategies in the book like that. Right. Well, for one thing, it needs to be, you know, people working in pairs with each other is, is usually a good approach and letting them select their partner is also helpful to, you know, work with someone and then being clear up front. And that's the purpose of that little book, Peer Coaching Made Simple. There's an accountability piece where you and the other person agree on things like when you'll meet, what you'll discuss, you know, how long you'll meet, some of the logistics, but also just what the meeting will consist of. Mm -hmm. And then they're actually applying some of the skills from the book with each other to be of support, to ask open-ended questions that encourage the person to talk more about the situation. Because the idea is with a peer coach, you're going to be sharing what happened since the last time you met. Mm -hmm. So let's say somebody said, I'm going to work more on listening better, in particular, not interrupting other people. So when they get back together, the, the peer coach asks, so how did it go this week? Did you have opportunities where you let the other person finish or did you not? And so you get the, the person who was applying the skill to talk about any you know, roadblocks they encountered, frustrations, setbacks, uh, good and bad. Um, and the other person is listening and then able to respond. And the idea is then you commit to new um, actions for the next period of time before you meet again. It, you know, these weight loss programs and 12-step programs all work because there's this accountability and support piece. Mm-hmm. So it isn't just accountability. From, in fact, the definition I like the best is count on me. Ooh, so it a- isn't, Accountability. You're yeah. saying accountability should be count on me. Right. And like from that. both ways, count on me to do what I said I would do, but also count on me to be here to support and help you in your process of learning and growing so that there's somebody there. It's sort of like when you join a gym, you're much more likely to get consistent and going if you're working with a personal trainer. So you're more likely to be aware, oh, I need to do this or that before our next meeting. So I need to look for opportunities. It sort of raises your awareness about using a particular skill. Yeah, I have to say, you better trademark that because somebody's going to be like, countonme.com or something. That was such a good idea. <laughs> well, I have to say, it's not original to me. I first got the idea for it from Straight Line Leadership by okay. a fellow named Dusan Jukic. Mm-hmm. And uh, he used count on me in terms of talking about accountability in a different context, but it really resonated with me. I like yeah. that definition because it's more positive. Absolutely. Same here. Um 
Tell us a little bit about what you're excited about, because, you know, launching these two books and the other books that you have in your ecosystem, that's a big effort. Do you have any things that you're sort of launching that will help to, you know, bring people in so they can check these things out? Yes, yes. Uh, well, if they connect with me on LinkedIn and, and Facebook uh, and Twitter, I am posting videos every week about one of the skills, giving a little three minute tip on here's something you can do to become a better listener or be better at this or that. So that's one of the things we're doing is just getting the word out. And then also I'm appearing on podcasts where I have the opportunity to talk about how important these skills are and why. And um, it's so interesting to have these conversations because many times the host is someone who is in a leadership position in their organization, and they are eager to know what are some of the ways I can be a more effective leader. And so that's, you know, part of the the methodology of getting the word out is just being able to have conversations publicly with Mm -hmm. folks where others can listen and then learn enough to say, "Mm, I want to go deeper with that to, to get the books and also outreach to organizations mm-hmm. to let them experience these books and um, and do pilot programs and get them on a on a widespread basis, either with an internal or an external facilitator. Because you can't just hand people books and say yeah, read yeah. these. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a structure in place that helps them, you know, stay the course. Mm-hmm. And so, working with a group of people who then pair up can be a very effective structure. You know, I've checked out your books in the past, and even this one, um, I've always felt that although you may target a book for the workplace, um, it's huge value for entrepreneurs as well. Because, I mean, what's marketing? What's sales? It's all communication. <laughs> we're, we're, yes. We need to learn these skills as well. What's your viewpoint on, on how entrepreneurs can benefit from, from some of these, these books? Well, I think of that as the workplace, too, because it's really any business you know, any or any organization. So think about an entrepreneur, even a solopreneur. Mm-hmm. They really aren't totally solo. They have vendors they work with. They have other partners they work with. They have contractors, you know, that they work with. They may have other allies. Nobody works in a vacuum. Yeah. And being able to communicate effectively with all of those people in your world, especially your clients, Mm-hmm. is really important because if you don't listen to the people who are giving you money, uh, you're missing out on really important information. So if you can be, even with that one skill of listening, if you demonstrate to that client, you really get them, you're really you know, tuned into them. I'm telling you, Dr. Play, that is so rare. You will stand out just by becoming a superior listener. No, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I hate to put you on the spot here, but I'm going to just say it. People like you, in my opinion, you, you're like a natural, okay? And part of the challenge for other people who don't naturally communicate and listen well and are empathetic is they wonder, how do I learn this stuff? And I think you've prescribed not only the learning, but the coaching model as the learning. Um, give us some confidence about you know, the guy who says, I don't listen <laughs> and I'm almost proud of it or something. You know, how do we get them to, you know, really see that they can learn, that this is learnable? 
Mm-hmm. Well, for one thing, any of these skills can be learned. We've already got pathways, neural pathways for every one of these skills because we've grown up acquiring ways of doing things. Yeah. What we often need to do is simply reprogram ourselves with a better way. Mm. And so recognizing that we're going from you know a super highway, we do it this way, um, and we need help to go from like a gravel road <laughs> that's mm-hmm. an unpaved yeah. you know road at this point for the new way to mm-hmm. get over to to developing it to be a super highway that's where having a peer coach and I'll just give you if I could a quick example of how Paula my other business partner and I helped Denny at one point with a specific area because this is something when you were just describing someone, I pictured someone listening uh, by interrupting, moving fast, yeah. sentences. Well, that was Denny many years ago. Then the three of us have worked together for 30 years. So we're very committed to each other. Um, but several years ago, Denny had that habit. You know, we had all these projects going, he was moving fast. And Paula and I were getting frustrated that he would think he knew what we were going to say. He'd finish our sentences. And it was like, well, no, that's not what I was going to say. (laughs) So we came up with a way to support him in making the change. And I think this is what each person needs to consider. First of all, ask others, what's one thing I could do differently that would make your experience interacting with me better? Mm. One thing. See, that one question will tell you, what is it somebody else wishes I would do better? Whether it's your spouse, you know, a business partner, a client. If you ask three to five people this question, you're going to get a pattern that's going to inform you. And the things that you do to improve can be very simple. What Paula and I did, we came up with two things. One, if we were in an in-person meeting or visually with each other, we would just hold up our hand if he started to jump in. And that would be a visual cue to him, like a stop sign, oh, to catch himself. But there's another thing we did that the three of us still do to this day with Mm. each other. Because if we're on a, let's say, a call like this, and the three of us were brainstorming or we're planning something, we'll get excited and want to jump in. And all we do is the person who was speaking and got interrupted will simply say, I wasn't done yet. (laughs) Or please let me finish. In a, in a nice way, right? Huh? In a nice way, right? <laughs> that is key, Dr. Pillay. You hit on something really significant. Because if I said, please let me finish, well, <laughs> yeah. that kind of you know closes down things. So it's it's looking at what can I do to take care of my own needs and do it in a respectful way that doesn't shut down communication. And I think that's a key thing. So it works beautifully for us today, as well as it did several years ago when we started. It, it's just a gentle reminder. Oops, let me back off. And I can write down my idea if I'm afraid I'm going to forget it. So I don't, I don't continue talking over the person and say, but wait, I need to keep saying this because mm-hmm. the message you're conveying at that point is what I have to say is more important than what you were saying. And that never goes down well. <laughs> No, no, so, no, it doesn't. You know, so, as, <laughs> that's a key. Yeah, no, as you were saying that, I was saying, hey, you've, you've stopped doing the hand thing, but I like that one because maybe uh, you could change that to something like this. <laughs> Just rub well, your see, neck that's or something. The thing. <laughs> you come up with signals yeah. that are easily recognizable to both of you so that if it's in 
a meeting, let's say, and you don't want to embarrass the other person, yeah, yeah. <laughs> put your hand up like a stop sign, you know, that could cause the others to go, hmm, what's going on there? Whereas if you come up with whatever simple, you know, gesture or hand signal or whatever it will take to get the other person's attention and remind them, that's yeah. the key. That's that's powerful stuff. You know, Meredith, we could talk for, you know, we could just keep going as we tend to do sometimes. Um, but tell everyone how they can find you. If you have any special offer that maybe we can link to uh, regarding these books, uh, give us a sense of how to connect with you. Great. Well, as I said, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Meredith Bell, Meredith M. Bell. And we do have a free offer. Our main website is growstrongleaders.com. And on that homepage, they can watch a video about the two books and how those can be used together. Okay. And then we have links, of course, to Amazon to get the books. But we also have a chapter on from the listening chapter. We have a free ebook, and that's at growstrongleaders.com slash free. Mm -hmm. So they can download the book there. And we also have links to the, I mean, download the ebook yeah. and schedule a time to have a conversation with me if they would like to learn more about how they can use those books or our products in their organization. Wow. Well, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and bringing these two books. And look, I want to sell a million and one because I'm buying one today. Okay. So just, <laughs> that's my commitment. Um, thank you so much, Meredith. It's always good to hear from you. And thank you. for. Oh, thank you, Dr. Pillay. It's always a pleasure to get to talk to you too. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. For more episodes, visit drpillay.com. And remember, get happy first and success will follow.